0: Hey, Power People, welcome to Renewable Rides Powered by Vector. I'm Gareth Evans, the CEO and founder.
1: And I'm Dan Roberts, head of sales. In each episode, we'll uncover the latest trends, learnings, challenges, and triumphs relating to the energy transition, on site energy, and sustainability through the experiences of our inspiring guests and team here at Vector.
0: So get ready for an exhilarating adventure into the fast paced world of challenging limits, adapting purposely, and empowering co-creation to accelerate the energy transition with those that are on a mission to create a more resilient, profitable, sustainable, and thriving energy future. So let's go. Right. Welcome back to Renewable Rides. Dan, another episode. It's been
1: a big week. Absolutely. No, we've uh, had a ton of customer interactions over the last couple of weeks. A lot of great questions, but one that always seems to stick out, which is helping people make sense of their utility bill and all the different components of it.
0: Yeah. Utilities don't make it easy, do they? And uh We get this piece of paper or uh, an electronic bill through the mail every month, and we've even had a few customers over the last few weeks say, I actually don't even look at my bill. I just pay it. But now I'm realizing that it keeps going up in price and I'm starting to pay more attention to it, but I don't understand what it all means. And so let's just go through it and uh, try and simplify it, make it understandable and talk uh, briefly about what we can actually do to control it. So how is electricity actually measured? We first start with electricity usage. So this is typically seen on your bill as kilowatt hours. So this is the most straightforward part of your bill. It really just refers to the total amount of electricity that you've consumed during that particular billing period, which is normally over a month. Yeah, you'll be able to see exactly how much you've used and track that over time. Dan, what is demand?
1: Yeah, so demand is, unlike usage, which is measured in kilowatt hours, is measured in kilowatts, and it represents the rate at which electricity is, is consumed. So demand is, at any moment, how much electricity is your facility or your home, or if you look at a more macro scale, a city or an entire utility service area consuming. And so the electric utilities must supply electricity all over all of the collective businesses and residential customers. And that varies throughout different times of the day, throughout different times of a week, and, and even throughout different times of the year. Think summer, everybody kicking on their ACs. They're, they're, they're all going to have their very high demand. And so. Peak demand is when everybody is consuming, and the utility needs to be able to deliver that much energy, and so they have to have generation infrastructure to be able to fulfill that demand. And I do think that among the two, usage and demand, demand can be a little bit more nebulous and and more difficult for people to to think about. But it's really at any instantaneous moment how much electricity is being consumed.
0: Yeah, I think that's the crazy part of the, the grid, isn't it? And I think this is why. There needs to be some empathy towards utilities as they literally have to be able to meet these minute spikes, whether it's for minutes, hours, or short periods of time where everyone is cranking all their facilities all at once. They need to be able to handle that, even though it may only happen for a a complete fraction of a second. So being able to deal with that is why uh, we see a demand line item on our bill, which then leads us into rate schedules. So often people look at different rate schedules and there's several that you might see on your bill. One is a flat rate. This is where we pay a fixed rate for every kilowatt hour consumed. So this doesn't change based on your levels of consumption. You just pay a flat rate for the energy you use regardless. Then we have uh, tiered rates. This is where we start by paying $1 per kilowatt hour rate. And then the more we consume we may ratchet up into different tiers of expense. So the more you use, the more you may pay. And the last is called time of use rates. And these rates vary by time of day. And typically what we see is electricity is cheaper during what we call off-peak periods. This would be in the middle of the night when people aren't consuming a lot of energy. And peak periods would be typically between 4 and 9 p.m. when everyone's coming home from work, cranking on ovens, dryers, dishwashers, plugging in electric vehicles. This would be the period where customers really get stung hard for using energy during these periods. And so choosing the right rate for your characteristics of energy use is actually really important and can have a significant impact. Dan, there's a bunch of other char- random charges we often see. Can you talk us through a few of them?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you look at at a bill, there's a countless line items. And again, the the utilities make it a little bit difficult to make sense of it all, but within, within a bill, you, you may see a service fee, which we'll touch on in a second. We'll touch on a couple of these. So a service fee, energy charges, which again comes back to kilowatt hours consumed demand charges, which comes back to kilowatts and the typically the peak demand within a billing period. And then a variety of other charges, including transmission and distribution, Things like public purpose programs or you might see a wildfire fund charge or a number of other programs, which we're not going to go into all of those details today. we're really going to focus on on energy and demand charges, but I will briefly touch on the service charge or service fee, which is really just a fixed monthly fee that covers the cost of maintaining your electrical service connection it's a consistent regardless of the electricity usage and really just this charge it recurs and and never really goes away so not a ton that you can do about it, but uh, but Gareth, maybe tell us a little bit about energy charges.
0: Yeah, so energy charges are actually fairly straightforward to understand, and really it represents the cost of the electricity you consume. So if you take your usage rate that we just talked about, which is your kilowatt hours, and multiply it by the rate that you've agreed to, whether that be the flat rate, the tiered rate, or the time of use rate, you then essentially multiply the two. What's the rate that you're On the hook for how much of the energy did you use during that period? And what does it calculate out to? And that's essentially it. And there's actually lots of ways we can control this. And uh, we'll talk about that at the end. Demand charges are a little bit more complex. And Dan, I'd love to try and get the, the simplified insight into how we see demand charges sometimes making up more than half the bill itself. And I think that's what catches customers off guard is they see an energy charge. And that makes sense to them. I've used X amount of energy and I get to pay this rate. makes sense. But then demand charges will show up and it will be a massive and significant line item, which kind of often catches people off guard. And how, how do we come up with this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So demand charges are based on the highest rate of consumption, again, kilowatts, measured in kilowatts during a specific time frame. So during a, a billing period, Within that billing period, there's, there's one moment in there that you are, have the highest rate of consumption. And so that is how it's charged. It is typically, you all see it on the bill where, where energy charges are measured typically in cents per kilowatt hour. And that varies across the country and across utilities. A demand charge is measured in dollars per kilowatt. And that also widely varies across the country. Some places you're, you're going to see single digit dollars per kilowatt. And in other places like California, depending on the tariff, we've seen upwards of 50, $60 per kilowatt. And that can be a, a big component of the bill, as you mentioned. The other thing I will note, we, you, you did touch on time of use rates. Not everywhere. I'd say it's, it's more the exception than the rule when you look across the country and across the world, but there are some places that have uh, demand charge and then, uh, then kind of a, a, a peak demand charge, if you will, which is the demand charge during that four to nine PM or during that peak period. So I think that's really important to understand. And and the reason the demand charges are there is because the utility has to be able to, to support you when you do have a, a large energy use. And so when you think about a, a manufacturing business, sometimes they have rather spiky loads. So if, all of the robotics and all of the the air compressors and the the HVAC systems and everything kicks on all at the same time. Then you're going to have a, a high demand charge, and that may only happen for two or three minutes. Yet you're still going to get charged that 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 really high rate during that particular time. So uh, I'm sure that there's there's more that we can get into. That's a, hopefully a high level description of, of a demand charge.
0: Yeah, and um, it, it's. Kind of crazy seeing how businesses are adapting to this. And there's multiple ways that we can manage the demand charges ranging from, you know, installing more efficient equipment and applying energy efficiency practices to actually then timing when different equipment turns on and off. We were speaking to a brewery not long ago and they actually stopped producing beer during the day and shifted everyone to night shifts. So. Because energy is cheaper then. And so it's amazing seeing what some businesses are having to do to to manage their costs and sort of the extremes they're going towards and the impact that that then has on their workforce. We'll talk about on-site energy systems storing and generating energy in a minute. but also just thinking through at strategies internally around can you be optimizing when your business needs and consumes energy such that you can balance these charges. One of the best ways to manage them is through on-site generation and storage. And Dan, what are the kind of key levers that we can apply or tactics that we can see being really successful in managing utility bills?
1: Yeah. So on-site generation is certainly going to reduce your overall energy charges. So it's going to reduce the amount that you're consuming from the grid, again, measured in. In kilowatt hours. So if you're self producing solar or wind or energy from waste heat or fuel cells or any number of other technologies, you're going to end up consuming less from the grid. Now, the important thing to think about, and the, and this is where it starts to get much more complex is really optimizing when you're consuming from the grid. So it's not just a matter of consuming less. Now, if you're on a flat rate, yes, it doesn't really matter when you're consuming less or, or more, but oftentimes people are on On the time of use structures. And so if you can time when you're consuming from the grid or when you're not consuming from the grid, that can really impact because those on-peak rates are typically quite a bit more expensive than your off-peak rates. And so being able to leverage storage to shift when you're consuming um, is an important component. I don't want to get into too much detail because we'll dive deep into that in a future episode. The other thing that you can use, both on-site generation as well as storage so if you think about it when you're generating your demand from the grid is going to be lower but you could also use stored energy to ensure that your demand doesn't spike up is is do what's called peak shaving where if you have a load that, that does spike up you can have a controller that monitors and ensures that your demand from the grid never goes above say 500 kilowatts and even if your 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 demand ends up reaching up into the 600, 700 kilowatts. If you have a a stored energy that you can consume from, that that can make sure that your demand charges don't get too high. So again, we'll dive into much deeper detail in load shifting and peak shaving, but these are some of the great advantages of these systems.
0: Yeah. And I think the last item to touch on very briefly is dispatchable load shifting. I think we're seeing more and more of this with utilities whereby as a business, there may be an opportunity for you to have an arrangement with the utility such that they can control some of your loads. So in events where the utility needs excess capacity, they can actually ask of you or even control your facilities to turn off non-essential services for an agreed period of time. And they do that in exchange for lowering your utility rates. So some interesting tactics that can be applied and some novel commercial models coming into the market.
1: Yeah, I think as we've been talking through this, while if you're not as familiar with it, these can be rather confusing things, but the the structures really do actually make sense when, when you look at it from the utilities perspective, because again if if the 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 overall grid if there is very high demand or, or, or like a lot of people needing to consume in the evening it makes sense for them to charge more and it really they they they're just using economics to try to drive people to consume less when generally the grid is consuming more. So that's why these time of use rates have come out. And similarly with demand charges, if they need to have the capacity to serve that load, that means they're going to end up having a lot of generation sitting idle for times when the demand is not nearly as high. And so that's why those demand charges are there. I think the great thing for businesses primarily, especially these large energy users, is that these structures create opportunities to optimize your interaction with the grid dramatically reduce your energy costs when you look at deploying on-site generation and storage. And frankly, while while some may be a bit resistant, the utilities actually like it because it ends up putting less strain on their grid. And we haven't even gotten into the transmission and distribution side on this episode, we won't. But if they don't have to worry about delivering as much power to you or you consume less when the overall grid is demanding more, that's actually ultimately in their, uh, in their best interest.
0: Yeah great summary. So hopefully, utility bills simplified for all the business leaders out there. You don't have to be an energy expert. They are made to be complex. But uh, we hope that that simplifies the message. And we'll talk about more tactics to manage your costs on future episodes. So with that, that Dan, let's close out. Uh, since we last hung out, any big personal milestones or updates?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So my my youngest son, turned two earlier this week. We we had a good celebration, but what that meant is that he's able to start school. And so we just uh, yesterday had the first day of school. I know we we had back to school a couple uh, months ago and we talked about that, but I just had a bit of a, a second back to school or first day of school yesterday, which was Somewhat as expected, met with a a few tears at the beginning, and then a uh, and then a lot of fun. And luckily, uh, an older brother who helped uh, helped his transition into school, and then a few tears. I think tears of joy on the pickup of finally realizing that uh, being at school was not forever, and that uh, he'd be able to see mom and dad again. But uh, it's been a fun week.
0: That's awesome. It'll be interesting to see how long it takes for him to uh, ease into it without the tears.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I had a really great weekend let's call it investor relations i had uh, my second annual backpacking trip with one of our investors paul voice from the co fund we managed to get out to an area just east of bishop in the eastern sierras and we had uh, 3 days of hiking at elevation 11 12000 feet and we started in 90 degrees, sunny weather and finished in the in the snow so we got to see all seasons we got to hang out challenge our limits we got to adapt purposefully to the conditions I know we really got to empower co-creation by uh, figuring it all out together, letting the complexities of life kind of ease away into nature, and we got to see some beautiful scenes. So always a very reviving time to be out and about and challenging yourself and seeing what what we're doing all this for is uh, protecting the environment.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad you guys were able to get out and uh, sign me up for next year.
0: Yeah, definitely good well another great episode look forward to the next one see you soon bud sounds good see you we receive a lot of questions from business leaders around the world wanting to learn more about the energy transition what is possible and where to start so to help you stay informed and up to date on best practices opportunities risks and success stories we created an industry news feed at vector.com forward slash news with all our podcasts, blogs, and newsletter. Check it out and connect with Dan, myself, and the Vector team to learn more. Cheers, and have a good one.